go. I love that message. Hi, everyone. This is Faye from Faye's World Media, and I'm here with my new friend and spiritual teacher, entrepreneur, uh, Peleg Tab. I absolutely adore this name, and we can talk about it as part of this if you're interested. Um, and uh, please leave us questions. We are going live right now. If you're watching this, we're listening to this at a later time on Apple, Spotify, Google. You're also welcome to leave your questions. Um, we do monitor this content and we'll stay alive on face world media everywhere uh but Pelag, if it's okay with you i want to introduce you first to my audience and we're going to keep it short because today's topic is going to be really juicy on uh you know what it's like to be in the program 100 day creatives and you know uh, there's just so much to cover and what love means to creators out there um so if you're not familiar with Pelag's content Pelag top is a creative high growth mentor, a spiritual director, and an accomplished artist. Over the past 25 years, he has built and sold a design agency, spoken in front of thousands and guided many creative leaders. Through his 100 days of creative high growth program, we'll get into the details today. You're very welcome to ask questions. He's passionate about spreading his message of love, creativity, and abundance to creatives and leaders in the creative world. So with that said, you know, my first intriguing question, I think, is that you talk about love all the time, constantly, Pelag. And I think in I think love as a word probably means, first of all, probably has many different variations, means different things in different cultures. And in particular, where I come from, and Asian culture is like, ooh, it's a sensitive thing. We don't say even I love you very frequently. But could you please maybe help us understand what you mean by love and love in creativity and, and lovers in the world? Thanks for having me, Faye. It's such a treat. <laughs> when I think of love, I think of love as a way of being more than anything. It's a place where we come from in the way that we walk through the world. So there's, there's really only two ways to come from as human beings, the way that we uh, show up to ourselves, show up to others. We can either come from love or we can come from fear. Mm -hmm. And generally, we we grow up in a culture that uh, fear is quite dominant. We get fear fed up, fed to us on a regular daily basis. You know, just turn on the TV, turn on the news. It's it's all fear coming at us. Mm -hmm. And I think the the well, the most important work that we can really do for ourselves, for our well being, for our um, spiritual growth for our um, for having a life of true purpose and meaning is to uh, shift from that place of fear to the place of love. So come from a place of love in everything we 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 do and how we show up to ourselves. Um, doesn't mean that it's easy. It takes work. It takes practice. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes that place of coming from love is quite unfamiliar for many people. Mm -hmm. um, it was for me for many years. I didn't realize that I was operating from a place of fear, especially as a creative professional, which I spent close to two decades practicing in that in, in that space. And uh, really fear was the driving force of, of how I was showing up to my work, how I was showing up to my clients. It, fear mm -hmm. turned me into a people pleaser. Fear turned me into someone who was afraid to... Um, charge what the work is valued uh, so it has fear has, has such a, a, a powerful force of energy in our lives that we don't realize that it's 
that it's present. And until we do, until we begin to wake up and realize that, oh, I've been operating from this, from this fear-based operating system, and ultimately it creates an, uh, it creates a space of me abandoning who I really am, abandoning my true core self, my essence of who I am, and try to become someone that I'm possibly not, just to belong and fit into the world. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it took me and my own personal journey, um, years and years of inner work to to truly learn to shift from that space of fear to love. Now it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that I don't find myself in that space anymore. It's mm-hmm. a natural thing to to be in fear mode. I mean, we're wired that way. So once we understand how we're wired, once we understand what how we're triggered, once we understand the wounds that we are carrying all the way back from childhood, how they show up in our adult world mm. and how they express themselves, you know, we'll, we'll find ourselves in a, in a pretty stuck space, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that stuckness that so many of us creatives feel, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, that sense of procrastination, all of that, it's all fear behind it, behind the scenes. Wow. So that was a f- very long and complicated answer to your question, but I could talk about this for for days. <laughs> I'm excited to be talking to you about this for days. I mean, I you know we found out uh, during our pre-interview that you've been interviewed by uh, a number of guests who have previously appeared on my show, people I look up to as mentors. Um, you know, Joanna Penn, a big shout out to you. And I really want to break it down because I think about the the number of people you're, you're I believe of episode 336 and uh, the, the number of people and just people's backgrounds and the cities like different languages we speak that we all come from such different places yet there is that common theme of operating under fear for different reasons I was literally just having this conversation with my two friends uh, who you know showed up in our house from New York uh, yesterday and so I guess my my question is people who are not as in tune maybe with their own emotions and uh, who are not talking to a mentor or coach about it. What is uh, what is a way for us to even identify, for us to recognize the difference between fear and love? Because sometimes I, I really struggle with that. Is it fear that I'm operating under or is it love because I care about this client, this person or this engagement so much? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think it's less about operating... Um, under fear it's more it's more about the energy of that that is feeding our who who we are right Mm -hmm. so i think the best way to begin to identify where am i in my life is to begin to look at our emotional state of being okay am Mm -hmm. i experiencing anxiety more than i should am i experiencing worry more than i'd like to where am I meeting myself? That'll be the first indication to tell me that um, something's off. If I'm mm-hmm. experiencing fear, if I'm experiencing anxiety, if I'm experiencing self-doubt, if there's things that I want to create, but I'm finding myself stuck, I'm finding myself not being able to turn inspiration to action, right? that means that there's, there's fear and scarcity that is more present than love and abundance because mm. abundance responds to, to, to love and scarcity responds to fear. Mm, so I love the, it. The, the first thing is just to, uh, 
to kind of do a diagnostic to 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 sit with myself and be real with myself and really ask okay how much is anxiety and fear really present in my life i may feel like uh, a sense of of love and compassion towards someone towards my work towards my client it doesn't mean that love is not present there mm-hmm. the question is what is the driving energy like what's what is my what are my decisions based on are they based on uh, me being afraid of a certain outcome or is this decision based on uh, coming from a place of love true service mm-hmm. a willingness to express myself fully in the world shine my light in the world without fear getting in the way mm. doesn't mean that fear is not there the question is how do i respond to that fear how do i heal that fear and shift to a place of loving myself more so that the creativity the creative energy that's in me is flowing out of me without my inner critic getting in the way without mm. me stopping myself mm. continuously inside of my creation process. Mm. Mm. This is a lot to chew on right here. So I'm going to I will be very happy to use my own experience as a guinea pig. Um but before we get there because I realized that I have been a creator for quite a long time now. 2014 officially starting my show, my podcast, very consistent now live stream and uh since 2019 as a YouTuber for those of you who are um not aware and, and lately i've been blogging like 10,000 words every week i feel like the i i just love that flow state i'm going to write no matter what i will i will sing i will write i will be in front of the camera no matter how i feel or look but i think that muscle uh, those muscles took a little while to build and i i tell people i'm like oh i've developed very thick skin they're oh you know uh i think all those things are just part of building the habits but at the same time i realize that i i have spoken with a lot of people and lately I've joined up these webinars uh you know the writing workshop for instance where I do hear from people that they really they find it very satisfying yet very triggering to get in touch with their inner self to put something out there like Seth Godin would say here I made this I made this for you and um so what are your thoughts on helping people kind of have that first breakthrough to say put yourself out there and put those voices in, in in place and you know yeah um what are my thoughts on putting yourself out there well i would first want to look at the question that what's stopping me mm-hmm. what's what's stopping me from putting myself out there what's the what's the belief that is present that is holding me back and generally that belief is is most likely some kind of a belief that we've adopted in a very early part of our life in our childhood somewhere and we climbed onto it and we made it our truth so i want to identify that belief first and i want to challenge that belief and that belief could be i'm not good enough it could mm-hmm. be i'm um you know i'll get rejected uh i'm bad you know that's i'm a bad writer i'm a bad artist i'm not good i'm not good enough mm-hmm. those generally are the operating systems belief that holds us back as creators from even tapping into the courage that it takes to put something out there into the world mm-hmm. so um 
So what was the question again? <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> I like you're on a roller coaster here. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I, I can use more specific examples. Exactly like you said, the voices and people's in creators, new creators' heads are, like you said, uh, I'm not good enough, or they look at their own professions. I'm a lawyer. I am a you know doctor. I, I'm not a blogger. I look terrible in front of the video. I'll never be able to do these things uh, that other people are doing. It's not for me. I'm not good. I will never be good. So how do you kind of tame and we're trained that voice to be something different? Ah, that's the beauty of self-love practice. So when we come in from a place of fear, um, our, our inner critic tends to be in charge. Those negative thoughts tend to be our truth because we have trained ourselves to believe that that's the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, we it's it would be much harder for us to actually tap into a greater flow because we are operating on a re, on, from a place of reactivity. We're reacting to things in our lives. We're not coming from a creative space a space that is uh, that has free flow of spirit in it. So that space is a space of scarcity it's it's a low space think about a scale there's positive and negative right there's uh, uh, low and high uh, levels of vibration that we carry with us right so if i'm operating in the world from a can you hear me okay because mm -hmm. your yep. your video just went a little wonky and you're you're frozen so um, oh no i i think we're good i can see you and me very okay. clearly here Okay, cool. So um, those negative voices that we have, the negative part of us, think about a scale. If, if, if one side of it is fear, one side of it is love, right? If fear is, is the, the dominant um, energy that I'm carrying, right? And, and it looks like me being really critical about myself, me being very judgmental about myself, all those negative scripts that are continuously running well if fear is down here because it's really heavy and that's what i'm carrying and love is up here right mm -hmm. what we want to do is rather than focus on the negative rather than bring energy into trying to stop those negative feelings we want to actually increase the positive increase our self-love practice increase our creative expression practice increase our practice of um, gratitude for what we have versus always comparing ourselves and seeing what we don't have being in a space of of expectation from the from the world right mm -hmm. so so the work really is about learning to increase love in my life the more i increase love in my life fear will naturally begin to subside mm-hmm what are some of the things that people can do today to bring more love into their lives? Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What what kind of things do you do that, yeah. that help you? Again, it's less about bringing love into it. It's not like love is out there and I'm trying to bring it into me, mm -hmm. right? Mm. Love is out there as well. But if, mm -hmm. if that's the, my only relationship with love is love is outside of myself and I have to work hard on, on getting my share, mm -hmm. I've missed the whole essence of love, that love actually starts inside of me, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's less about bringing love into my life and more about activating love. 
I love it. I think the way that I see, I mean, first of all, I, I have the luxury, I've been working from home even before the pandemic. So I realized there's a shift in me, Pelag, which is uh, that since I left my full-time job, since I left the source of my fear or not feeling good enough, we can definitely delve into that. But I finally had this moment of sitting with myself, understanding what meditation is. I'm not doing it to be blog, to blog about it, but try different meditations, different ways of sitting, standing. And then another way, like you said, to connect with myself, I realized that I, as I, you know, I'm about to close a chapter in my thirties this year, I realized things sometimes just uh, not stop working or not quite work the, the same way as they were before. Like, you know, I never really thanked my teeth, my skin. Like, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of, with, with um, a lot of skin issues. I never really thanked my skin for, uh, I never really thanked my hands. Like I, James Altucher says, like, kiss your hands. They make magic happen. Absolutely. And um, I, I remember sometimes we lose, you know, I haven't really lost my voice, but I've been on webinars where the speaker would be like, oh, having a really terrible cold and I never thanked my voice. So now I take, instead of me going through my 20s thinking, oh, I got a tummy ache. Why is this happening to me? Hello, like work correctly. Like I got a lot of things going on today. Instead, today, these days, I, I want to thank, I thank myself different parts of my body for, for trying its very best and for, for feeling and being okay of them, not always in perfect conditions. And things will come up, even if I'm doing all the right things, taking all the right vitamins. And so that's one part. And the other part, I think it just never fails. Also, it's just being in nature. I now have the luxury to live in nature, to take a walk and not listen to podcasts and have to be super productive every step I take just like very small things that I just makes me feel in that vibration that you're talking about. So. Yeah. I think what you've tapped into Faye is mm -hmm. super important and key, really key to shifting from that place of fear to love. And the mm -hmm. key, uh, the key is what you said is I've, I've, I've learned to sit with myself. Mm. Okay. You've, you've learned to be with yourself you've learned to go inward for your healing versus you know look for the healing outside of yourself right? mm -hmm. and and that's really ultimately the the healing path that we want to consider is we're you know for many of us it's really hard to be quiet with ourselves it's really hard to be quiet with ourselves, mm. especially in in a world where there's continuous messages coming from from the outside, you know, mm. telling us how we should be or what's the right way to be or mm. anything else that that uh, creates a distance between me and my true essence of who I am. Mm. So whether it's you know sitting in silent meditation or uh going to for a walk in nature or uh, opening a journal book and journaling about what's going on for me right now having this mm -hmm. this dialogue with myself being in mm -hmm. that space with myself is the first step uh, unless mm -hmm. i'm willing to do that and unless i'm willing to be in that i'm maybe it's an uncomfortable space for me to be in but that's really the only way I can grow is if I'm willing to be in that space and experience mm. 
what is going on with me mm -hmm. and begin a different type of conversation with myself, begin to meet different parts of myself that I may have been afraid to meet. Mm. What are some of the parts that you at one point felt like you may be afraid to meet? I'm just curious. Oh, wow. Well, uh, my inner imposter, you know, mm -hmm. meeting that imposter part of myself that, that, that will hold me back from, um, doing the things that I want to do, showing up in a powerful way in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. So meeting, meeting that part of myself and gaining a better understanding of what's feeding that part of myself mm -hmm. and addressing those parts so that when my inner imposter does make, may come up, right. Mm -hmm. I, I will know how to be with myself in that moment, mm -hmm. how to, help myself shift out of that space because something something may have triggered me that mm -hmm. brought me into that space again right so I, I really want to stress that all this work that we do to heal ourselves and to shift from that space of fear to love doesn't mean that fear goes away right that imposters will still be there your inner critic will still be there mm -hmm. but now when you are more activated in that energy of love in your life and you have practiced the tools, you've mastered the tools that keep you stay aligned to your true essence, when that fear shows up, it's not such a big deal. We know how to support ourselves in that space. We know how to very quickly shift out of that space, right? Mm. Because now we recognize that that's not really who I am. That voice that's telling me that you suck, you're no good, you're not good enough. That's not really me. That's a part of me that that's a part of me that that protected me at some point. And at some mm -hmm. point I gave it all the power and said, Okay, you're in charge. Just keep protecting me for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And that part of me, in a sense, became inflated <laughs> mm -hmm. to a point where it's oftentimes the only voice I hear. Mm. I cannot tell you how many students of mine, when they come into this work, the level of their loudness of the inner critic is 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 so loud and sometimes so out of control. It, it sometimes mm. it breaks my heart to see that there's this amazing artist sitting in front of me with this unbelievable mm. talent and an unbelievable um, uh, ability to to heal people to create something amazing in the world and yet there's this voice inside of them that there's part of them inside that's saying no you're not good enough or you know all the other negative thoughts that they that they believe and mm. it gives me no greater sh joy mm. to to witness a human being shift from that space because man when that love is activated in the person wow mm. It's an amazing, it's amazing thing to witness. Yeah, we've absolutely. All, we've all seen it. We've all seen it. Mm. It, it resonates in us as well. Mm. Yeah, that's why I love the creative work to be surrounded by creative entrepreneurs. You can see their eyes and they just, they just light up. They light up the room. 
they heal the people around them. But speaking of tools and practice, so I really believe that combination. You could have the tools, you could be thrilled, but if you don't put in the practice, you know, those tools are just there, you know, they're locked away somewhere. So you have created this program for a hundred days to work with yeah. creatives. And uh, I'm curious, like, if you could tell us a bit about the program, why a hundred days? It sounds pretty intense. It is incredibly intense. I'm, I'm in awe of my students in the commitment that they bring to themselves in doing this work. Mm -hmm. uh, why a hundred days? You know, uh, I, I work in a very intuitive way and um, I don't ask questions, but when ideas come and present themselves, if they resonate, if they align, I just mm -hmm. say, thank you to divine inspiration. And I just go. And I trust that is exactly where I need to go because that idea came. And when I started creating this course, um, it was on, on the heels of close to you know, 12 years of working with uh, creatives and entrepreneurs one-on-one -on -one in the coaching capacity. And at that point, I mean, I clocked in the 10,000 hours of, of working with people and I began to see and uh, the, that at the end of the day, we're all alike. At the end of the day, we're mm -hmm. all dealing with very similar um, uh, issues when it comes to our inner world. And I noticed that um, uh, I, that the 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 work that I was doing with people one on one was limiting the my ability to to support my bigger mission of activating love in the world and other people. So when I sat down and decided to create this program, I really didn't know where it was going to go. But what I knew is I knew that I wanted to teach people all the tools that helped me heal from a place of uh, fear and insecurity and self-doubt and all of those places that held me back because I kept seeing those same symptoms come up in every single person. And, you know, in the beginning of my coaching uh, career back uh, in my late 30s, <clears throat> I was really more focused on coaching people with their business issues and their uh, uh, sales and marketing. It was an expertise of mine at the time. And what I've noticed very quickly that every business issue was a personal problem in disguise. And that personal mm -hmm. problem had a spiritual component that the person wasn't looking at. And once mm -hmm. we began to look at those issues, once we began to heal those parts and begin to shift from a space of fear to love, all of a sudden, all those business problems began to take care of themselves. Interesting. Yeah. So that was a good sign for me that, oh, this is the area that I will stay in. This, this is where the juice is. This is where things become um, uh, healed. This is where true change, this is where uh, what the person wants when they come into the work, um, th they generally get what they need and what they need is something bigger than they could ever think about wanting. What are some of the examples of the tools? Uh, or, you know, what, a, what is an example of a module will look like? I was just wondering how are people engaged as part of the program? Yeah. Well, the program's delivered online. It's It was um, designed uh, for a person to basically have the experience of having 100 sessions in 100 days. And they're uh, recorded sessions that I that that my students receive where um, uh, 
I think that yeah, I think your mic is sh maybe is shaking a bit on your desk. Uh, oh, okay, is this any okay? Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, hands free from okay. the desk. <laughs> hands Got off, it. awesome. <laughs> okay. So, um, the program is designed for a person to meet themselves every day with guidance. Mm -hmm. So, uh, a, a typical session will include um, deep inquiry. Uh, mm -hmm. questions that come up, uh, a teaching for the day, a concept, something that I want you to begin to understand and illuminate in your life. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I guide you through uh, this deep inquiry because I really do believe in the power of inquiry, the power of questions. We don't ask ourselves enough questions, right? We, mm -hmm. we continuously l want the answers, but oftentimes we're not asking the right questions. So uh, in this work, there is a deep inquiry around where I'm coming from, like what, what is influencing where I'm coming from. And it begins to illuminate the places in my life where fear is present and uh, the, the ongoing inquiry and the writing that we do every day in this work is a big part of what helps us shift because it teaches mm -hmm. us to be real with ourselves. It teaches us to be vulnerable with ourselves. Um, in addition, there's daily creative expression. So we, we, uh, we go through a process of um, creating intuitive art on a daily basis that is art that's created for two reasons. One, art, art for the sake of art, just for the sake of expressing something, not for the sake of selling it or um, creating uh, something for a client. It is just what what is inside of me that wants to express itself. Um, the second part we use art is because a big part of this program is um, learning to tame that inner critic voice. And in order for to, to tame that voice, we kind of have to activate it in a way where we can begin to recognize how it's showing up. Making art is the best way for us to, uh, that's what I've discovered anyway. It's the most effective way to activate that inner critic to a point where we can identify what it looks like and then learn to tame it. So when you say intuitive art on a daily basis, and I love it without sales or, mm -hmm. you know, I have a lot of art uh, in my house, in my room. Yeah. And my mom is really quite a, a master at it. But Again, you know, this is even a conversation we have on an ongoing basis. She's 70. She says, what kind of art should I be creating? I said, not the ones for sale, the ones that you've always wanted to create. So I know it's a, it's a yeah. different genre, but it's the same conversation. So what are some of the art that maybe, maybe it's not traditional art? What types of art do we encourage people to practice creating on a, on a daily or on a regular basis? Like, what do you mean by art? That's a great question. Well, for someone who hasn't experienced this work, the idea of art may sound intimidating. Um, the idea that I'm trying to, uh, to teach people is creating art as a self-expressive tool. And the medium doesn't really matter. I mean, we go through in the process of going through a series of different mediums of art practice only because it uh, keeps us all in uh, on track and everybody's you know practicing a similar medium so it uh, it helps uh with the with the learning process and the teaching mm -hmm. process as well but when i talk about expressing yourself through art the medium doesn't really matter 
It could be a pencil. It could be a pen. It could be clay. It could be um, gouache or watercolor or whatever, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The point of it is it's an ex- expression of something that's going on with me emotionally. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's art that is more created for an emotional component versus an intellectual component. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Because my screen mm-hmm. froze here. Yeah, yeah. It's good. As long as you can hear me, it, yeah. it's good. I think because for, for those who are watching, listening, is I made Pelag use a 1080p uh, you know, HD. So <laughs> but your your video is coming through really, really awesome. clear for me. Um I think the example, like what about uh, lately, uh, kind of I've been experiencing seeing blog writing, writing in general, whether with a pencil or I'm typing uh, inside a blog post. For me, it's like I'm also in kind of a, I'm also feeling quite high on a vibration, uh, even recording videos, like knowing I'm now taking words on paper to be in front of the yeah. camera. Are, are those also possibly seen as art as well? Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, again, this is the the art that I'm talking about is is more of a self-expressive, a self-expression that you're doing for you mm-hmm. versus anybody else for any other purpose. Mm-hmm. It's for the joy to experience the joy. Oh no! <laughs> Hi everyone. Sorry, <laughs> I was gonna just about to type a message. But in just a moment, this has never happened before. Pelic will be back. Uh, and if you're still watching while I'm waiting for him, please let me know in the comments below what your thoughts are on practicing art daily. What is that you do? Maybe, I don't know, it's cooking. It's baking. And there he is. You there are you back. I don't no need to change the video settings. I was like giving a little... Okay. little speech asking people what their daily art practice is going to be okay. and please leave us uh in the comments below i'm just so i'm so ready to learn and explore different ways <laughs> so yeah. welcome back yeah Crayons. thank you sorry we had a little technical snafu um and i'm not sure what, how much of what, what i said uh uh last but uh, again it's it's less about the medium and it's more about the experience of creating for the sake mm. of creation, not for the sake of the outcome, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. For the sake of creation. So once we begin to create for the sake of creation and begin to experience what that feels like, that's an mm. incredible feeding force because we are feeding ourselves with creation energy. We're not letting our inner critic or our negative thoughts get in the way, judging the work as we're, as we're creating it. This is what mm. creating for free spirit means. I'm simply creating, I'm allowing something to come through me, right? Now, it could be a song, it could be a painting, it could be a sculpture, it could be a dance, it could be anything, anything at all mm-hmm. that supports the act of expressing myself. Mm. Oh, that's deep. Supporting myself with the art of you know, making art, allowing me to express myself. Uh, that's really liberating. I think, Pal, like that reminds me of like flow writing or journaling, daily journaling, not yeah. even let the pen leave the paper and just write whatever is on your mind. You're not showing this to anyone. You certainly are not selling it, publicizing it, but it's so freeing. It just like random stuff starts to show up. And if you do that at the top of the day, 
I, I don't know. Like it just, you feel like you have this weight that's been offloaded from you in this like simplest, cheapest way possible. <laughs> and I love it. Oh, Julie. so pages. Palak, I think your your voice, your audio came in and out just a bit. So that I've. Yeah. Oh, you're wearing AirPods, aren't you? <laughs> Those things that can be a little tricky. Uh, so, all right. So let's double check your setting with the gear button. And uh, if you know, uh, yeah, I'm here. Yep, you're back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If this happens again, you can just take off uh, AirPods and then just use your speaker instead. I okay. know. Sounds good. Uh, you're good frozen on my end, so. Uh... Uh, but what I was saying is what what you described, uh, Julia Cameron calls it uh, morning pages, and that's a practice mm -hmm. that uh, I, I highly recommend as an entry point to beginning this journey of uh, inner awareness. Right? Mm -hmm. It's the idea of starting the day with writing three pages of anything that comes to mind, not having an editor at all writing whatever, whatever comes to mind. Um, there's something, it's almost like a brain flush. Mm. Um, oftentimes, you know, once we begin to do that practice on a regular basis, that space opens up for us to begin to channel higher, higher wisdom. So we can begin to ask questions as we're writing and begin to see that we, we have a part of ourselves that we can tap into that can give us guidance. And and that's a big part of what excites me in, in the work that I do in the world is helping people gain access to to that part of themselves, that mm. higher wisdom, that that truth that oftentimes we we don't want to listen to or we're afraid to listen to. Mm. That is that that is our intuition. And when we begin to operate from that place of love and and practice that on a regular basis our intuition becomes sharper and more on point and truly becomes a a, a force of guidance in our life right mm. and once we learn to trust that part of ourselves to trust that inner voice that higher self part of ourselves Man, our, our life looks much, much different. Yeah, <laughs> that's when that, that's what I'm talking about when I say that love energy is running us. Yeah, I think it could be such a superpower once you have uh, realized uh, that really find that connection between you and your. Uh, we generally call it creativity, but uh, I think yeah. that spiritual connection, uh, or what you call a finding home, uh, yeah. you know, finding your way home to yourself. Uh, yes. and it's so important. So my, my follow-up question is for those creatives out there, you know, at a crossroads or accomplished creators, which are the primary group that you're, you're focusing on, you're trying to help is I think perhaps in a way that I might fall into a subset of that is that I also find it challenging sometimes to feel so excited, truly authentically excited about different projects. I literally go to sleep, wake up the, the, the next morning and seeing notes to myself to say, this is an article I really want to work on. This is the person I really want to interview, which means I need to reach out first. Uh, and uh, I also come from a project management background, which means I innately, like I have some skills to maintain them. 
but how do I prioritize? How do I not overwhelm myself or, you know, what we call like the burnout, uh, which happens so frequently with people in our world? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. Like, I think your voice, uh, your audio went out again. That's oh. done. Okay. You came back after a few seconds. Okay, let's try again. Pug, do you mind taking off the AirPods and see if that helps? <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, let's see. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I can hear you perfectly. There's no echo or anything. Yeah, I'm not hearing you at all. Oh, okay. 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 Okay, yeah. All right. Let's try again. I think sometimes by taking off the AirPods, we'll reset. Yeah. Got it. Cool. All right. Okay. So repeat the question again. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, is the kind of the burnout of sometimes from doing too much or getting feeling truly excited about uh, yeah. different things all the time as a creative? Like how do we tame that energy? Um, I don't know if we want to tame that energy. I think when we're in a good creative flow and ideas are coming to us, it's a blessed experience, right? Mm -hmm. the The question that we want to ask ourselves is, um, what is it that I am? What is it that resonates with me and will grow me mm -hmm. first? Right. So all these ideas that are coming to me, all these projects that I want to do, right? It's hard to prioritize that for ourselves sometimes because uh, th there's to create them all right? almost simultaneously, all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's that's virtually impossible, right? Oh, the voice mm -hmm. of the audio just shifted, but we're good. Yeah, you, you went out for like two seconds, but uh, we're still, yeah, we're okay. all still here. Yeah. Um, so how do we learn to prioritize well i think the first thing we got to learn is to slow down to slow down and um, create space in between the things that we're doing if we're constantly in that creative flow if we're constantly mm -hmm. outputting 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 mm -hmm. it's going to be hard for us to get perspective right mm -hmm. slowing down enough and possibly taking a a, a break taking a rest will give us the perspective that will allow us to really notice what are the things that are truly going to fulfill me and satisfy me versus the things mm -hmm. that I think I should be doing because they will, uh, you know, have, a, I'm, I'm attached to an outcome, right? Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at this, at all the ideas that are coming in, uh, some of the most important questions that we can ask ourselves is why? Why do I want to do this? Like, what's driving mm -hmm. it? It's a, is it an, what's the outcome? And that is that outcome something that I'm um, willing to put energy into? Is that important to me right now? Oftentimes, it may not be, right? But begin to discern between the, the all the ideas that are coming to to me. Also, ask myself: Is this going to be a satisfying to me? Is this going to be fulfilling? Is this something that I'm doing first for me, 
for my own growth as an artist? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes to that, and it'll be an interesting experiment for you, Faye, to begin to look at all your ideas and, and kind, of, kind of begin to discern and see which of these ideas are for the sake of an outcome that I'm trying to create mm-hmm. versus for the sake of just activating love in me, fulfilling me as an artist, growing me as an artist, challenging me as an artist. I'm doing this for me first. Mm-hmm. And, and, and see what the, see what comes out out of that, out of that particular exercise. I think that would be very telling for you as far as how to prioritize. Yeah, I love that. And there's a question from Cami. And thank you so much for staying with us for pretty much the entire session. And uh, I love this question. Is there, if there's always output, when is there time and energy for input? Yeah, I think that's more of a comment than a question. (laughs) True. What what Cami is saying, if we're continuously bringing bringing information in, Right, and in that mm-hmm. information is also, you know, the outside world and the news and the media that, and social media, that's continuously throwing bombarding us with information and messages. Right, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for us to have energy for output. Right, so this mm-hmm. is why rest and a break and a slowing down is essential for for us as creative individuals, as artists in the world. Right. Yeah. We have to respect that space. We have to respect our artistry enough to slow down and create this distance between myself and the external world so that I can really get to know who I am. And in that process, from that space of, of deep self-awareness, I am creating, I am expressing myself. And that is the most authentic and beautiful art that I can make. Mm. I I would like to add that question, I think, uh, to kind of challenge what we're talking about here for a second as well. So I'm an older millennial uh, by by age, obviously, and uh, I come from a place, the fear that I have built in childhood is, you know, a wonderful childhood with my parents and then moved in with my grandparents, which accumulated lots of trauma, fear that I still carry to this day. But I'm managing that better and better now. But I also, for me, it feels like when you said um, separating the work between output and this is something, this is love. For me, this is something I really want to create. So I feel like on a daily basis, or even I look at my calendar, like this work right here, what we're doing, this is love for me. This is something I, I love doing. But at the same time, I also have client work. I've sponsored videos to write. I also have certain types of, I don't like the word affiliate, uh, but certain review posts I write. Do I enjoy writing those? I actually do, but certainly not as much as what we're doing here. So um, that's kind of my take of balancing that and constantly measuring, shifting. And uh, I do check in with myself at the end of the day. But at the same time, I also know other creators or people that I know who are struggling because they want to devote all their time to the work that they love. And they don't, you know, they they don't want to focus on client work. They don't want to focus on anything that's just for revenue generation purpose. But at the same time, I'm thinking, well, you know, my property tax is over $3,000, $3,500 every quarter. I, I got to pay the bills somehow. You know, how, how do I think about that uh, with the, the framework that you have just like taught us about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think the how is, is the right question. Mm. 
right? I, I really believe that if uh, if your inner if and when your inner world and spending time with yourself on a regular basis as a practice to help you stay connected and aligned to yourself, slow down enough where you can actually uh, begin to make wiser choices. Um, the how will sort itself out, right? Mm. So the how really is about um, it's less it's less about trying to manage all the things that I'm trying to do, including the things that I'm that I need to do in order to earn a living. Mm. It's also seeing that the most valuable time that I can spend in my life is first of all with myself and my inner world. Mm -hmm. And once that becomes my ongoing daily ritual where I'm meeting myself and my truth every single day, that shifts me into a place of being able to make better choices and maybe not take on so much or so many things that overstretch me or mm -hmm. saying yes to projects that are more attractive to me or more lucrative. It's, it's again, it's where I'm coming from. Right? It's not so much about the how. It's when I continuously work on staying in love, in that mm -hmm. space of love, right? Which means love, love takes practice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> love exists, mm -hmm. but it takes practice for us to be tapped into it on a regular basis. Mm. When we're not doing that inner work, we default and we default to that fear space. And from that place, it's very easy to spin and ultimately lose touch of who I am at my core. Mm, mm. So we have a lovely comment from Randy. The more I slow down, I love myself, the more energy and love I have to share with others, projects. That is very true. Slowing down ourselves is a practice. I, that's something I am constantly working on. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that, Randy. That's something to keep in mind. Awesome. I, I just, I'm so curious about a question. I feel like, and then we could definitely talk about the program because I, yeah. again, Cami expressed her gratitude towards you um, about the 100 day program. So actually I do want to talk about this for a second. Yeah. What is your take, Palak, of teaching people what to do versus creating a course and creating a community where people can come together, really experience that? Um, you know, yeah. uh, why do you think that's important? Well, I've created both. We we have a community of people who have who have gone through the hundred days process, and um, are actively engaged in um, in staying connected and engaged with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and but the question is why why is it important to to do this work on a daily basis? Yeah, do it regularly. regularly. I, in a way, I think do it as part of a community as opposed to I'm just doing this on my own. Oh, oh, um, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, got it. Um, well, there is incredible power in vulnerability. And one of the things that uh, is required as part of this process is the inner work that we're doing, the daily writing and inquiry and... Um, uh, the expressive art, everything that I'm producing inside the work, I share it with the rest of my cohort. Mm -hmm. And through the process of the 100 days, the act of sharing my work every day teaches me how to be more vulnerable and honest without, without caring what other people think. 
because that mm-hmm. space inside of this inside of this work is incredibly safe. There's zero judgment. Mm-hmm. So I may be the kind of person who has been afraid to talk about what, what my truth my entire life. And because I believe that I may be rejected or may be laughed at or whatever story I had going, the practice of doing the work in community and witnessing each other's wounds, witnessing that at the end of the day, we're all the same, that we're all dealing with the same version of a wound that has been uh, present in us uh, from childhood and that healing those wounds, and I always tell every person who comes into this program, everybody gets exactly what they need in particular to, to, to heal. The Mm -hmm. process is really teaching you the tools so that on day 101, when the program's complete, right, you have a daily ritual that you have with yourself where you're continuously practicing this work Mm -hmm. and you have a treasure chest of tools that can accompany you for the rest of your life to help support you always go back to alignment with your essence and your true self. Mm -hmm. Mm, I love it. So what are, I realize we're just about to reach the top of the hour, but what are some of the things that I didn't ask that that you really hope to share with our audience today? Wow, that's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I would love for people to ask what's the next step in me doing this work, you know, and I would, um, I would point people to the Creative High Growth website, creativehighgrowth.com or my website, and download a sample Creative High Growth session. Um, it is, it's free. It's an audio uh, session and experience what it's like to meet yourself mm-hmm. uh, through a guided process that um, will give you a taste of what this Creative High Growth space is all about. Mm-hmm. Right? So all you need really is an internet connection and a pair of really good headphones, a journal book, and some art supplies. And come and spend an hour with me inside of that space and see who you discover. See what insights come to you about yourself. Yeah. Mm, I love that. So I already listed the program right now on the screen. But awesome. if you're listening to this, it's also in the description wherever you're listening to this episode. I want to thank you so much, Pollock, for joining us. And they're just, you know, you have uh, done so much for your community. And there's many more resources on your website, which is palliktop.com. I encourage people to check it out. You've written books as well. And uh, yeah, this has been so lovely. And I'm really grateful for uh, the introduction for us to be able to share this time together. And uh I hope you will join me in the future. Maybe we should invite some students to come on and share their experiences and we can create a little live cohort here. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I love, I want to give a shout out to some of my students who are in this call who, uh, who contributed their, their love. And thank oh. you, Faye for, uh, everything that you do in the world. You are uh, absolutely love driven in many ways. And it's, it's a pleasure to, to be in that company with you. So thank oh, you. thank you so much. <laughs> It means so much. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. And in the future, I'm going to take us offline now, and I will see you next time. Bye.